Happy Easter, happy Easter, happy Easter. I was going to say good morning, but it's at nighttime. How's everybody doing? Good night, good night. <laughs> Can everybody stand up? How's everybody doing? Happy Easter weekend, happy Easter weekend. We want to say hello to all our campuses out there. Happy Easter. Um, I'm, I was, during worship, as we were singing, I just got this, it wasn't sadness, but it was definitely a calm come, that, that the realization that Jesus died. You know, I did three media spots today on three different stations, and, and they were, you know, talking about the services, and I said, let's remember that this is a historical fact that Jesus died. He was killed. Why? Why? And we're going to talk about that tonight, obviously, and I think we all know why, but we need to remember that and not let it be white noise because we hear it every week all the time at church. Um, but we're here to acknowledge that we know you died for us. Um, and then tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, we're going to talk about he rose from the dead. Can I get amen? Come on now. Amen. Amen. If you can get, if you can get your phone out, I'm going to have you take a picture of a couple things. One is that we have an electronic invite. It is a link with a video on it to invite your friends to tomorrow, Saturday. Our Easter service is going to be different from our service tonight. And the link should be, hey, is this screen awesome? There we go. There we go. Is that screen behind me awesome? Take a picture of that. And you can just text the word invite to 52525. Text the word invite to 52525. We'll send you a link with a little note you can send and send it out to all, post it, send it out to your friends. We want to get it to people who are looking for a place to go for Easter. Amen? Amen? Two weeks from now, two weeks from now, April 23rd, we're going to have two of the um, members of the SDSU basketball team here. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Nate, Nate Mensa and Matt Bradley uh, go to our City Heights campus and they're faithful believers and uh, we're going to have them and talk to them about their experience and how God got them through and, and what God showed them, et cetera, et cetera. So that's two weeks from now. We'll, we'll remind you of that. Amen. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's pray. Let's, let's get into this. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, um, we never want church to be routine and a habit. We don't want to make it religious. We want to be here because the spirit of God has led us here. We want to worship you because we are worshiping in spirit and in truth. We want to remember that you're walking with us every day. You're guiding and want to guide us every day. And that we would take you by the hand and allow you to lead us through all the different things we're going through in our life. But we acknowledge today that we are honoring the day you were arrested, beaten, and crucified. And then tomorrow and Sunday, we will celebrate and honor that you rose from the dead. And you are alive. The tomb is empty. So we pray you bless us. We pray you revive a passion and a fire in our heart to worship you, to obey you, to honor you. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Say hello to someone next to you. Give someone a big high five. Hey, if you can get your phone out, I want you to take a picture of something. Get your phone out, get your phone out. 
We got all night. We could be here till midnight. Can I get an amen? No, we can't. We got to get out this building by 10 o'clock. <laughs> I know a lot of y'all are like, I ain't staying till midnight. This ain't no Asbury. I got to go home. <laughs> um, we want to put the gospel up on the screen. And as we were talking about for the last few weeks, the gospel is if there's anything you know about your relationship with Christ, is anything you know about God or anything, you need to know this. And it doesn't mean it be worded only this way, but this is the way we're going we're gonna to repeat the gospel and learn the gospel and be able to share this with people. Amen. Can you all see that behind me? Is the screen beautiful or what? Amen. So let's say, this, let's say this out loud on the count of three. One, two, three. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he is the son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone who repents and believes in him. Let's say it one more time. Come on, church. And I want you to imagine, and this is so important. This is so important. If all you can tell people is where you go to church, and who the pastor is, and who spoke, and the music, and sing a song, you, you're almost, you're almost, your effectiveness in growing the kingdom is like that. But if you can explain that one thing, that one thing, and have the confidence to say, hey, can I explain this to you? And you can even read it from your phone with somebody. Everything changes for you. And if you really want to grow in your faith, start sharing your faith. I'm going to say it two more times. If you want to grow in your faith, start what? If you want to grow in your faith, start what? You can learn all the information in the world and not be any effective in the kingdom of God. You've got to be able to share it, okay? So let's read that one more time out loud. Let's read it slow and contemplative. One, two, three. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. Pause. Religion tries to get to God. The gospel is the good news that God came to us. Okay? Number then, he lived the life that we should have lived. Pause. He lived the life we should have lived. Holy, prayerful, supernatural, loving, forgiving. He was our standard. Okay? Then he died the death we should have died in our place. We are sinners. He's not. He who had no sin became sin and died for us, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. He died the death you should have died and I should have died. That's the, this is the gospel. Then, three days later, today's dia mas. Three days later, mas tarde. He rose from the dead, proving that he is the son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes. Three days later, he only died. He rose from the dead and said, I'm back. Everyone say, I'm back. And guess what? I'm back to prove a couple things. One, there is life after death for anyone who believes in me. And... I'm coming back to judge those who reject me. That's it. If you can explain that, whoo, God can use you. God can use you. Amen? Does it take work? Yes. It takes work to get your job, to, do, to, do, to get in shape, to lose weight, whatever it is. This is the most important thing you can do in the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay, let's go. Um, turn to, please. Uh, turn to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. And we're going to take communion tonight. It's going to be great. Mark chapter 15. There is a, um, 
ancient Japanese art form called kitsugi. And kitsugi is an art form that says if you take pottery and it is broken for some reason and put it back together with gold, that the repaired pottery is more valuable than the original. So if the pottery is broken and you repair it with gold, that the repaired pottery is actually more valuable than the original. I, I look at all of our broken relationships and look at our broken world and how God, the gospel can bring us back together and become so valuable after than before. And so we are all jars of clay. You and I are all jars of clay. And we have been broken in so many different ways. We've been broken because of relationships we have, some of your family and friends. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. How many of y'all got some family and friends, broken relationships? Amen. And, and they did something. You did something. Both of y'all did something. Some of y'all got broken marriages and family members. Some of y'all are the breaking, the person doing the breaking. You think they did it to you, but actually you did it to them. God, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could just lift it up and it would be put back together again. <laughs> that would have been awesome, huh? <laughs> but that ain't today's message. Today's message is <laughs> brokenness. Jesus was broken for you and me on the cross. And then God put him back together again. Here's what's going to happen. The brokenness that we all have with our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, the brokenness that you have with yourself. Next week, we start a series on relationships, and I'm going to be talking about identity. Oh, snap. <laughs> I'll give you a little hint, even though I haven't even prepared it yet. <laughs> the first thing the devil attacked Jesus with was, who are you? That's all I'm going to say about that. But that's next Sunday. Today we're going to talk about the brokenness of our sin and how Jesus paid for that brokenness. Tomorrow we're going to talk about how he put us back together and how he's going to heal that by rising from the dead. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever seen someone die. In, right before you, not on television. Uh, when I mean my television, not a, not a, not a TV show but a real person died, whether it was they died of cancer or they were killed by someone. I watched both my parents die, take their last breath. It is a thing. A light bulb goes off. Death is coming for every single one of us. <clears throat> 2020, we all got to watch a video of George Floyd be killed police officer knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes and he was killed. I wonder, have you ever watched someone be killed? And if you watch someone be killed, what would you say if you were standing there watching that happen? What would you say if you saw him, George Floyd being killed or somebody else? Would you heckle the person dying? Would you try to save the person dying? Would you call 911? What would you say? Well, I'm gonna to talk to you today about four people excuse me, four responses to people watching Jesus die. Now, don't get it twisted. I am not at all comparing Jesus to George Floyd. 
But I am challenging you to think about what you would say if you were at the cross watching Jesus die. Because these four people, groups of people actually, watched him die. Now these aren't the only four people who, who say something in the Bible to or about Jesus, but they're watching him die and they are saying things. Now understand this, whenever you read narratives in the Bible, you are reading stories about real people who experience real things. Excuse me. And when you read these stories, you always have to place yourself in the story and ask yourself, am I like that person or not? Because the reason the story is in the Bible is to show you how real people live and act and respond to God and how God responds to them. So when I read these things, I want you to ask yourself, is that me? Have I ever done that to Jesus? And I would guarantee you that probably in all four of them, we've done a little bit of all of them. But the question is not what you have done or what you would do today. The question is, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. The question is, who do you want to be? What do you want to grow into? What do you want to learn to be? What do you want to develop and mature into? That's the question. Because even if you come to church and go, man, I'm messed up. I'm so far below that standard. Fine. We all are. Can I get an Amen. The question is, oh, but I don't want to be. It's like going to the gym. As a matter of fact, I saw some, uh, a thing on Instagram, and I'm, I'm, I'm just intrigued by all these short stories on Instagram. This lady was 530-something pounds, 500-something pounds. And it showed her transformation. And she was just walking. And she was walking. And then she was jogging. And then she was sporting her dress. Let me tell you, she lost like 200 and something pounds. She wasn't sitting there, I'm, well, I shouldn't say because I, I don't know her, but she wasn't sitting there going, I'm 500 pounds, I'm done. No, no, she says, no, I am going to lose this weight. And so whenever you hear a sermon, you want to try to identify and not try to self-justify, I'm not that bad, I'm not that bad. Say, no, no, God, root that out of my heart. Cleanse my heart. So there's four kinds of people. Number one is the spectator, the passerbyer, and we'll, we'll talk about what all these are. The person, the people are just like, yeah, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. The self-righteous religious people, we can all be self-righteous and religious and actually cast judgment on God. The sinner who is condemned on the cross next to Jesus, and then the sorrowful one that was condemned and wanted mercy. Number one, let me give you context just for off your new. God created the heavens and earth, created man with no sin. Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis chapter 3, third chapter of the Bible. And ever since Genesis 3, God has been on a rescue mission to save man. Man tried to please him through religion. Religion was insufficient. Animal sacrifice was insufficient. So God became man in Jesus Christ and sent his son to live the life we should have lived, <coughs> died the death we should have died. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he was the son of God. And so here we are, I'm sorry. <coughs> My wife's over there going, oh Lord, he's coughing again. <laughs> Mark chapter 15, verse 39. Lift your hands up towards me, everybody. Let's pray. 
Lord, it sounds like a simple cough. <clears throat> but I know the devil doesn't want this message going out. <clears throat> but even if I cough the whole sermon, the spirit of God's going to do his thing anyway. Come on. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Newsflash, God don't need you to get it right for him to get it right, okay? <clears throat> I may call for and choke, but you're going to still get it. <clears throat> He's going to say, yeah, watch, you are going to call the whole time. <clears throat> Mark chapter 15, verse 29. It says, and those who passed by, <clears throat> I'm glad I heard you running up here because I was about to jack you up. I almost stabbed. I got a knife in my back pocket, baby. <laughs> Announce yourself next time. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm supposed to suck on this while I'm preaching, right? <laughs> and he gave me four of them. <laughs> I literally have been coughing for about five weeks, but it, it kind of went away. Okay. Those who passed by cursed him, wagging their heads, saying, Aha, you who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. These are just the general public people. Seeing Jesus on the cross, <clears throat> he was arrested, beat, spit on, betrayed by his disciple, denied by his disciple whose feet he washed and who for three years he discipled. They whipped his back with nine leather straps with bone and metal chips, ripped the, ripped the skin and muscle off the bone. Nailed him to a cross where he hung there for six hours and died. And right before he died, <clears throat> these people, the people who he healed, who he loved, who he ministered to, who he forgave, who watched him do nothing but love and encourage people, cursed him. You who say you're going to tear the temple down and build it in three days. <clears throat> Come off the cross and save yourself. What they were actually telling Jesus to do was to reverse the plan that God had to save them. <clears throat> and often <laughs> we want God to do things that, are all, that will actually hurt us if he did it. Because if he came off the cross, our sins would not be forgiven. And what he told them is that you said you could build a temple in three days. Jesus says, I'm dying because I want to make the temple irrelevant because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I'm providing an opportunity for the Spirit of God not to live in a building, but to live in you. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, <clears throat> you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Often what God is doing in your life, you don't understand. And you're even praying against what he's doing in your life. He's moving you on. He's changing your relationships. He's changing your perspective. 
He's growing you to another level. You're like, no, God, I feel comfortable here. He's like, no, 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 I got something way better for you. And he's blessed you before. He's healed you. He's encouraged you. He's gotten you through hard times. Can I get amen? amen. And you're still saying, God, I, don't, I still don't trust you. I still don't trust you. I still don't trust the way you're doing things because I only like you when you do things the way that makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> Is that you? He's on the cross. I, 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 I want to encourage you, don't take your eyes off Jesus on the cross. The Bible says that we need to keep our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith. And one of the things we need to keep our eyes on is him on the cross, dying for us. Number two is the religious self-righteous person. Mark chapter 15, verse 31 and 32. It says, likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ the king of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may believe and see. These were the religious people who were hard-hearted, self-righteous, critical, eyes that can't see, ears that can't hear. They know so much Bible on their own that they know more than God. They are so caught up in what they think and their perspective on God that they could even judge what God is doing and how God is doing it. Sometimes we can get caught up in the little bit of Bible that we know. And I said a little bit because there's so, I just got four commentaries on four books of the Bible and it's 4,000 words. That's just on one, I mean, there's jillions of commentaries. But one book has 1,100 pages. And we think we know, we can get to know a little bit and say, now I know. And God says, you don't know Jack. <laughs> but yet we can get so caught up in what we know that we can actually judge God and say, God, you think you're all that? Show me something that's really impressive and then I will believe in you. God has no need to prove anything to any one of us. He already did. Matter of fact, by him dying on the cross, he said there's no greater thing I can do for you than to die for his friend. These are the people who are cursing him. And the whole time people are cursing him, the whole time these people are talking behind their back. Matter of fact, these religious people were talking behind, their, behind his back. They wouldn't say it to him. They were talking to each other. Look, he's going to die. He ain't nobody. We knew he was a fraud. And Jesus is saying, just, just wait a couple of days, I'll be back. <laughs> and you're going to see what's going to happen. Sometimes we could be like that. We go to church and then we, you know, we feel good and then something bad happens and things don't go our way. I ain't going back. And, we, and it's like, yeah, that church is this or God is this or I ain't going to believe in Jesus. I can't tell you how many people I have spoken to personally. I'll see them in the mall, whatever. whatever you know, wherever I'll see them, in the, hey, you go to church, well, you know, it didn't work out for me. It didn't work out for you? You know, that God thing was, no, 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 no. God's thing is perfect. It ain't about what God didn't do for you. It's about what you didn't get on his program. It's like the person saying, well, I try to, I try to lose weight, but the gym wasn't, it just didn't work out. The, it's the gym's fault that you're eating bonbons and Twinkies all day. That's the gym's fault that you're smoking cigarettes all day. And, and, and 
I, I was watching, I was watching this, uh, this little video uh, about this lady who had lupus and a bunch of other diseases, and, she was, and she's actually a medical doctor. And she was getting chemo. She had all the stuff, and she was giving testimony that she got off all the medicines and started eating plant-based diet. I'm not, I'm not, I don't eat plant-based diet. I eat meat, stuff, if it's alive, I kill it. I, I'm, I'm not saying that, okay? <clears throat> I'm just saying what the lady said. But in her thing, she said that as a doctor, I'm telling you what the lady said. I'm not bashing doctors because, you know, I think it's, it's amazing. But we're practicing physicians, which means we're still trying to figure it out. He's a great physician. And she says, we are, we, we are killing ourselves with every meal we eat. Because a lot of the stuff we eat is poison to us. It's not healthy. And my point is this, <clears throat> you get on God's program, things work out. Your life will be supernatural. Matter of fact, I heard someone say years ago, if you are a faithful praying person, your life will be unexplainable. <laughs> watch this, watch this. Everyone say unexplainable. <clears throat> you don't understand. <clears throat> if you are a praying person, Your life will be unexplainable. People will be like, explain that again? I can't. I can't. <clears throat> These guys, they said, you're the king of the Jews? Right. He said, no, no. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 14, 2, 2, 9 to 10. God has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name above every name. Then at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and those in heaven and on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. He is establishing his kingship by dying. In the world, we establish authority by lording it over people. In the kingdom, you establish your authority by serving people. They didn't understand that. And if we have a worldly mindset, we will miss God at every turn. And we won't even know what he's doing right in front of us. <clears throat> we won't realize this is exactly what God wants you to do because you're looking for dark when it's light. You're looking for red when it's supposed to be blue. You're looking for night when it's supposed to be day. So when he was dying on the cross, he was actually declaring his kingship right in front of them. And they missed it because they were self-righteous and not humble before God. <clears throat> Number three. The sinner, Luke chapter 23, verse 39. One of the criminals was hanged, who was hanged, cursed him, blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save us and save yourself. <clears throat> God, if you are real, do this for me. We have no negotiating power. <laughs> You can come to God and say, God, you know, if you just get me out. How many of y'all said this before? If you just get me out of this one more time. God, God's like, you have one more time to me 1,050 million times. <clears throat> Jesus said, if I come off the cross, I can't save you. If I don't die, I can't save you. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, he said he began to teach 
the disciples that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly and plainly and clearly. <clears throat> Peter took him aside said, Jesus, can, can we have a minute? And he began to rebuke him. Watch this. Jesus, you're wrong. Jesus is like. <clears throat> he turned around. He said, Peter, I don't even want to respond to you. I'm going to tell them what kind of fool you are. He turned around, looked at his disciples, and he said, that brother right there is the devil. He said, get behind me, Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, if I'm Peter, I'm like, man, why? Couldn't I just be like an idiot? Why I got to be the devil? <clears throat> Here's why. Jesus' death on the cross was the only way to forgive and pay for our sin. The reason the riots and the protests happened after George Floyd was killed is because people wanted justice. They felt like someone should be punished for that wrong act. That is a, that idea of justice, everyone say justice. That idea of justice for whatever reason you feel justice should be served for whatever, for whatever event comes from a God of justice. So if justice is getting what you deserve, mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. I'm gonna say it again. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. If we are sinners, we deserve penalty in hell. Can I get amen? amen. So if we're going to cry for justice, be careful. Because if God was to stand you before him tonight and say, let me tell you what justice is for what you have done in the last hour. It's death. The only justice for your sin is that you die. The only justice for your sin is that you die. God put the idea of justice in all of our hearts because he is a God of justice and he made us in his image. So when he was dying on the cross, he had never sinned. So it wasn't just, it was unfair for him to die for us. He was gracefully given his life for you and me. He was giving us what we don't deserve. And so he offers the gift, everyone say gift, of salvation to you. If you so choose to, by faith, receive it. But if you reject the salvation of God, what can save you? Because the only payment for your sin is that you or someone die. And the only other person who can die in your place did it 2,000 years ago on the cross, Jesus Christ. Because your sin is sinful, my sin is sinful, I can't pay for your sin, your cat can't pay for your sin. Your cow, not, well, I don't know if any of y'all got a cow. Your cow can't pay for your sin. <clears throat> the whole Old Testament shows you that all the animals they killed could never pay for the sins of the people. That's why Jesus eventually had to come. So the question is, are you going to be like any of these people who are wagging your tongue at Jesus and you saved others, why can't he save himself and why can't he come off the cross and he's going to build a temple? Is that you or are you the last person? The sorrowful Sinner on the cross next to Jesus. Luke 23, 39. There's two people, one on the right and one on the left. The one criminal who was hanged 
cursed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself. But the other, everyone say the other. Answering rebuked him saying, do you not fear God? Seeing that you are under the same condemnation and we justly. By the way, he says, he's saying to the other guy, are you a fool? You getting ready to die. And you talking smack to the one person who could save you. When we go through stuff that we don't like, we need to pause and ask God, God, what good are you trying to get out of this for me? Because whatever you're going through right now that you may not like, I promise you, if the scales were to be weighed and justice was to be served, you would deserve worse. The fact that you're still alive and able to go through it and able to cry out to God and able to have people pray for you and help you get through it is mercy. Whatever it is. But you don't know what I've been through. I know I don't. I just know that you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I des- I'll just say me. I have deserved to have died a long time ago. So the fact that I'm still alive and the fact that if I look back as you, I'm sure, look back on all the things that you tripped on and, got, and, and, and suffered through, that God, when you trusted him, made you stronger after than before. And a lot of times there's a lot of things in the past that you've, that you've been through that you can't even remember what they were. But at the time, it was the end of the freaking world. This guy says, do you not even fear God seeing that you are under the same condemnation and we deserve it? For we receive the due reward of our deeds, death. That's the due reward. Death. But this man has done nothing wrong. The Bible says he who knew, who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin for us. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. God, can you forgive me? This is awesome. You know what Jesus said? Well, think about it. You been baptized? No. Did you read the Bible yet? No. Hmm. Get bar mitzvah? No. You speak in tongues? No. Yeah, boom, shakalaka, no. Look what he said. Jesus said, surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I'll end with these five things. Acknowledge God. He said, do you not even fear God? My challenge to you is fear God. It doesn't mean be scared of God. It means have holy respect for God. Number two, admit your guilt. He said, do you not even fear God? See, we are under the same condemnation and we justly for we receive our due reward. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you're a sinner, raise your hand on all the campuses. Amen. Amen. And by the way, uh, yeah, okay, thank you. If you sin way more than you realize, raise your hand. When you breathe, you sin. That's why he brought me these mints, okay? <laughs> Just, ah. Acknowledge Jesus' innocence. He said, but this man has done nothing wrong. Ask forgiveness. Lord, remember me when you come into my kingdom.
your kingdom. And then accept eternal life. Jesus said, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Whenever you hear the music, you know it's the end. Please don't ever let this be a religion to you or wear a cross because it's good jewelry. When you wear a cross, you're actually wearing an executioner's table. When they execute people, depending on what kind of execution it is, and one of them, they strap their arms down and they put the needle in their arm. Jesus was executed in the most brutal way known to man by the Romans who were killing machines. They were experts in torture. That's, that's what the cross is. So when you wear that, ah, look at my cross. He died on that. So I want to give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I, I want you to forgive me of my sin. One, acknowledge God, that there is a God who created the heavens and the earth and he created you for a purpose. Two, that you would admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned. That you acknowledge Jesus' innocence. That he died for you. That we needed him to die for us. Ask him to forgive you and then accept eternal life. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And my prayer is that as we do this, you will be ready to say, Lord, I, I, want, I want to receive that. I want to walk in that. I want you to transform my life. So I'm going to ask all y'all to bow your heads and close your eyes. It's a historical fact that you died. It's a historical fact that you perform miracles and there's no record of you ever sinning. We'll learn tomorrow and the next day it's a historical fact that you rose from the dead. But it's also factual that we are sinners. There is no arguing by any of us that we are sinners. And that sin brings death, death to relationships, death to vision, death to hope, death to everything that we know is good. So we thank you that you died for us. You would like to ask Christ to be your savior. 
like that repentant, sorrowful man on the cross next to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit I deserve death. I acknowledge that you are innocent and that you died for me. I ask you, remember me. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to be born again. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer like this sorrowful man on the cross, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And as you stand, you are resurrecting into your new life. You are walking away from your old life. You are acknowledging that Jesus' resurrection life is now yours. So if you prayed that prayer, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Stay, stay.